You're listening to episode 49 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here, and today we are doing the skin episode. I get requests for this a lot uh, to talk about what we can be doing for our skin, uh, how we can better support our skin, about all kinds of like different skin issues. So I do want to address it as well. Um, And I actually, I recently put up a poll both in the Room to Grow podcast Facebook group, which you can join, and uh, on my Instagram account and my Instagram stories as well over at Emily Goff Coach, asking about a few different episodes that I have coming up for December and what you guys wanted to hear first, what you wanted to have prioritized. And this one was definitely one of the top ones that a lot of people were asking about. So I'm really excited to dive into this one. And I think that it's going to be a little bit eye-opening, actually, because there's a lot that I've learned over the years, um, especially even most recently from a handful of guests, too, that have been amazing. It's so, so helpful. And I'm hoping to pass some of that on to you as well. Um, The first one I actually want to reference just right off the bat is episode number 15 with Rachel Divine of Our Divine Skincare. She is fantastic. Her skincare line is fantastic. She's local here in Hamilton, Ontario. And she talks to us a lot about oil cleansing. I have learned things from her. I never knew about oil cleansing. I was so on team what are those people doing putting oil on their face? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) And she has totally changed how I have viewed oil cleansing. And I now use uh, oils on my face every single day and my skin has never been better. So I really, really recommend checking out that episode because she also goes into a lot of other um, really important details about how to care for our skin that is super important. And I think that you'll find it incredibly useful. One of the things that I really want to underline here is that our skin is an organ. And anything we put on it is absorbed straight into the bloodstream. It's not even filtered through the liver first. I want you to really process that. And then I want you to start thinking about all of the things that your skin comes in contact with. So this can come down to everything from obviously our beauty products are usually one of the first things that we think of, um, like shampoos, conditioners, lotions, all these different types of things. Um, cleaning products, you know, the, the laundry detergent that you're using on your clothes, your clothing itself. There's so many different things that we are constantly coming into contact with and our skin absorbs a lot of things that we probably would not in an ideal world want our skin to be absorbing. So that's just something to be aware of. I really want to cultivate awareness around that to open your eyes a little bit to what you might be coming into contact with, okay? Um, There are some basic things that I'm gonna go through here that, I and I say basic because they're things that I talk about all the time, (laughs) but we all need some reminding sometimes on some of these things and they, they are incredibly important. These are like the base foundational things that our skin and just overall health, but, but especially our skin requires. Number one, far and away is sleep. 
I have talked about this before, I will talk about this until I'm blue in the face, is how important sleep is. And let me tell you, it is called beauty sleep for a reason. Because when I haven't gotten enough sleep, my skin tells a sad little story. <laughs> like a super sad little story. It is so obvious when people are generally exhausted. That, that's those, those days where you are exhausted. People are looking at you and seeing your skin. And those are those lovely comments that you just appreciate so much on those days where you're already tired and potentially cranky about, wow, you look, you look exhausted. <laughs> Thanks. I am. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> so sleep is absolutely crucial. Sleep is so, so important. Um, I also have found that a lot of times, and research actually supports this, that a lot of times the earlier you get to bed in terms of um, like prior to midnight, you tend to actually get more from, like your body actually tends to get more from sleeping as many hours as you can before midnight. I'm not talking like going to bed at noon, but um, you know, if you get to bed at like nine o'clock, for example, and get eight hours of sleep, as opposed to going to bed at 1 a.m. and getting eight hours of sleep. You may have actually experienced this personally, but you, you might just not even necessarily have been super aware of it. You tend to feel more rested when you go to bed like farther from midnight in the, in the opposite direction, if that makes sense. I don't think I'm explaining this very well. But <laughs> so in other words, what I'm trying to say is if you go to bed earlier as opposed to later and you get the same amount of sleep, you and your body are probably going to benefit from that earlier bedtime as opposed to that later bedtime a little bit. And I, I have found that my energy levels tend to be better when I go to bed earlier as well. Even if I'm getting the exact same amount of sleep, I just tend to have more energy, feel better, my skin looks better. Um, so it, take, a, take a look in, at that and experiment with that a little bit. I know that there are some people who are kind of more night owls than morning people. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like whatever your personal schedule is, that's totally fine. And sometimes things like shift work and stuff like that, they're going to interfere with that. So any sleep is better than no sleep. Let's put it that way. But if you have the opportunity to go to bed a little bit earlier, give it a shot, see how it goes, you know, and don't resist sleep either. That can be really important too. A lot of times we will start to feel sleepy and then we kind of push past it and get a bit of a second wind. That is when we should already be sleeping. And then that second wind makes it a lot harder to go to sleep later because then you are more wired and, and wide awake. So anyway, that's a bit of a sleep tangent, but it's really going to show on our face, 100% uh, on our face for sure. It also just gives our, our body more time to just naturally detoxify, to do its job. And a lot of times when we're coming into contact with our skin, with all kinds of things that we don't necessarily want, we our bodies may really need that extra time to make sure that it's clearing out things that we don't want in our bodies, okay? Um, hydration, this is so important. This is so, so, so important. I think I've referenced this potentially on the podcast before, but there's a, uh, an article that I saw online and I actually linked it in the show notes. I did find it and I linked it in the show notes about a woman who drank uh, way more water. I can't remember exactly how much, like a gallon of water or something a day for 30 days. And she saw such significant differences in her skin. And there's, there's a before and after picture and everything. So go take a look at that because the results are unreal. And all she did was change water, like how much water she was drinking. That is, that is absolutely insane. So water is so important, especially when it's getting cold outside as well. And I'm going to go into that a little bit more um, in, a, in some more detail in a few minutes as well. Um, movement. 
just general movement, like getting outside, going for a walk, doing all those things. That's not going to only help with stress, which I'm also going to talk more about, um, which can have a huge impact on the skin, but also exercising as well. Like just exercising, sweating, that is also a natural detoxification and awesome for the skin. That, that is actually really good for the skin is sweating. Our skin needs to be able to do that. And last but definitely not least is gut health. And all of these things I just mentioned, sleep, water, movement, exercise, all of those things, they all play a big role in positive gut health as well, or negative, depending on, on how you're doing with those things. But they all really impact our gut. So we need to make sure that we are taking care of all these things to take care of our gut because a lot of skin issues are a reflection of what is going on on the inside. Okay, so we need to get super clear on what's working for us and what isn't, what, what is making our digestion get a little bit off, um, all of those different things, because they're really going to affect our skin in a huge, huge way. So one thing that I want to talk about in relation to gut health, if you've taken a look at everything else and you know your sleep is in order, your movement, you're getting your exercise, hydrating, all of those things, how's your poop? Like really, how is your poop? I can hear you nervously and uncomfortably giggling over there, but we secretly all love talking about poop. So let's just, let's just not get uncomfortable about it. Let's just talk about it. If you are um, having really loose stools or if you are constipated too, if you're, if you are pooping less than once a day, minimum, you should be pooping at least once a day. If you are not pooping at least once a day, then there are some other things that you need to address to get things moving. You might need to add more fiber into your diet. You might need to move more, drink more, sleep more. All of those things can all play a big role. Those also play a big role in the other end of the spectrum with loose stool too. Um, it can also be things like different types of food intolerances that you might not actually be aware of as well. You might be consuming some foods that your body isn't handling really well, and that could also be contributing too. So these are all things that I, that I go over in, in detail with um, clients because this is so important to take a closer look at. We have to get super clear on how our gut health is doing because it affects everything, including our skin. Our skin, especially for women, um, tends to just be one of the places where we pay attention the most. <laughs> so you can, you know, be maybe like feeling like garbage, but pushing through. But if you have a breakout, let me tell you, girlfriend, you're probably going to start waking up and paying attention because they also tend to come at the most inconvenient times. Am I right? <laughs> You'll wake up one day and you have, you know, some event to go to or something that you're super excited about, a big meeting, whatever it is. And that is the day that you have a breakout. So we don't want those breakouts to happen. So we have to start taking care of this stuff on a regular basis. This has to be an ongoing thing. It can't just be I got a breakout, so now I have to take better care of my gut health. It lasts for a week, and then you, you go back to whatever your previous habits were. This has to be ongoing. Because the other thing is, I'm going to get into uh, hormonal factors in a minute as well. Um, in terms of our hormones, if you are someone who experiences something like really terrible PMS, um, you know, really bad breakouts once a month around the time of your menstrual cycle, any of those types of things, Typically, our PMS is generally our body handing us a report card from the previous, I would say, around three months. So if you are someone who experiences incredibly debilitating, awful PMS and terrible breakouts, all those types of things, you're looking at some bigger issues there. And 
again, that's not something that you can just change overnight and expect immediate results. It takes a, a few months sometimes for your body to catch up for you to really start seeing the difference. And I've worked with clients before who have made, made the changes that we've worked together to, to implement for them. And again, it has taken like three or four months and I'll get messages sometimes even after we've stopped working together and they're like, oh my God, I, I'm finally seeing the difference. I feel so much better. I'm not getting the breakouts like at that time of the month, all of those different things, they all play a huge role and we underestimate the power of our bodies and what we are doing to them and what we are putting in them and how we are caring for them. Okay. So I really want to make this super clear that we have to take care of our guts. Um, not to mention, we're also headed into flu season, uh, like cold and flu season. And most of our immune system resides in the gut. So if I haven't given you enough motivation in terms of avoiding breakouts and helping with PMS and all of those different things, um, it, you want to stay healthy. You don't want to end up getting sick. Again, that always seems to happen at the most inconvenient times. And especially if you have kids or anything like that, kids are obviously just often more likely to get sick. So if, if you are caring for sick kids and you're trying to keep yourself healthy, I, again, this all really comes down to gut health um, and making sure to take care of our digestive system, what we're putting into our bodies, because it all affects everything else. Probiotics can be a great way to go as well, but don't expect a pill to fix everything for you. I want to make that super clear. Probiotics are amazing. I think that we could all benefit from taking probiotics to be perfectly honest. Um, and there are some really, really great brands out there as well. So many different things that we can do. You can even end up doing things like, like kombucha. Drinking kombucha can be a great addition to, uh, to your diet as well. All, all of this to say, we still have to make sure that we're covering the basic foundational level stuff like sleep, um, hydration, all of those things. Okay. But get super clear on your gut health. Take a closer look at your poop. Literally, I, yes, I mean, literally take a closer look at your poop. <laughs> See what's going on there. How is your PMS? Uh, how, how are all of those things coming together to work for you? And how is that reflecting in terms of your skin? So something to be really, really aware of. Um, another thing, lots of greens and fiber. So fiber can come, fiber is, is in every vegetable. So any type of vegetable, whether you are steaming it or it's raw or whatever, whatever you want to do to it cooked, um, roasted is great this time of year as well. It's all still fiber, varying degrees of fiber, but it's all still fiber. So anything to do with veggies, you are good to go. Lots of greens. You can even sneak those into, you know, like smoothies or something like that and going easy on the sugar as well. Um, I know it's hard this time of year. It's, it's getting close to the holidays and there can be all kinds of treats all around us. <laughs> Make sure to, uh, to reference um, the last couple episodes I was talking about, like thriving throughout the holidays and, and how to get back on the wagon if you feel like you've fallen off and, and hopefully that can all help you. But uh, again, I can always tell if I've indulged in more sugar than I typically would, it shows on my face and my skin just looks kind of dull and, and tired and, and a little bit lifeless. And as soon as I switch things up and I you know will add something like a green smoothie, it, just for the sake of getting in some extra greens sometimes, like I'll just have that in addition to my regular meal or something like that. Um, and, and just lots of veggies in general throughout the day, uh, beans, lentils, those can all be really great options for fiber. All of those types of things will really help your gut health, uh, support your gut health. And again, it will all be reflected back on your skin, which is awesome. Okay. Let's get into hormonal factors a little bit. So 
one of the things that can be a big issue when it comes to hormones is chronic stress. And a lot of us are chronically stressed. Rachel and I actually talk about this a lot in episode 15 uh, as well. And basically when we're in a constant state of stress, this contributes to higher than normal levels of the hormone cortisol, which has a really negative impact on our skin. And that can really reflect poorly. Again, with our skin, we can end up getting all kinds of breakouts and stuff like that when we're in this state of constant stress. So there's a few things that we can do here. First of all, we have to acknowledge that we're stressed. And I think that that can actually be the biggest barrier for a lot of people. I talk to so many people where I'll ask them about their stress levels, you know, let's say scale of one to 10 and people will say like, oh, a two or a three. And then as soon as we dig into some actual things that are going on in their lives, it ends up being more like an eight or a nine and probably has been that way for months. So we have to actually acknowledge that we're stressed first and foremost. Uh, don't, don't hide behind that, you know, own it. Like, yes, I am super stressed. There's nothing to be ashamed of there. It also isn't an excuse, but just acknowledging it is really, really important. So some of the things we can do for that, like gentle yoga, stretching, um, walking again, then you're also getting your movement, but it can be amazing for reducing stress. I've talked about that endlessly on here. Um, contrast showers. You might not like this at first, but then it actually ends up being amazing. It really helps to circulate the blood throughout the body and the lymph as well, which is really awesome. Um, but it, it just gets your blood pumping and you can, so what you do is turn the shower all the way, like as hot as you can stand it for at least 30 seconds to get fully warmed up. And then no, you can't do this slowly. The whole point of the contrast is it has to be done quickly. It's like ripping off a bandaid. Just, just do it. <laughs> so then turn the heat completely off. Just leave the cold on and you're going to stand there in the freezing cold water for at least 10 to 15 seconds, but preferably like, you know, as long as you can take it, but at least 10 to 15 seconds, then turn the hot back on and repeat that about three times. Your body will actually start to crave this and you will never have felt more alive or awake when you get out of that shower. You will feel amazing. It's, it's so, so, so good. Um, another thing that you can do before hopping in the shower is dry brushing. So I talked about this, um, on the Ayurveda episode uh, a couple weeks ago with Andrea as well. Dry brushing, um, there's different types of brushes that you can get, but you literally just brush your skin, all of your skin, your entire body before getting into the shower. And it is incredible for moving the lymph, which is again, super important once it gets cold out too. Um, you can do the same type of thing for your face, but instead of with a brush, you can get little, little rollers, uh, like little jade rollers or something like that. I think they're honestly available on, on Amazon and you literally roll them like you would, uh, like a paint roller or something, but it, it's tiny. It, it's little all over your face. And that helps the lymph movement within the face as well, which is awesome. Um, some other things, particular foods that can be an issue. So I know I already mentioned some food intolerances, but there are certain foods that can be more triggering than, than others. One of them is dairy. Dairy can be a huge problem for a lot of people and is generally strongly related to breakouts. That can be a really, really big deal for a lot of people. Um, gluten can be an issue for people as well. Sugar, again, that can be a big problem. The other thing that I really want to stress here, especially when it comes to the hormonal factor is I want you to be extremely cautious of anyone telling you to jump on birth control or certain drugs like Accutane to get rid of it. This is a band-aid. This is a band-aid solution. It covers up the root cause 
And when you inevitably come off of drugs like that, the problem can end up being even worse. So I want you to really do your research before you go that route. And, and it's, it's hard. Like if you are someone who's struggling with things like cystic acne, that is very difficult. And my heart goes out to you because I, I don't want you to have to deal with that. And it's also just downright painful as well. That's, that's not a good situation to be in. Um, so at some point, you know, it, it might be the right choice for you, but I just want you to be very cautious about it and to really do your research and educate yourself about it before you take that leap, because those are, um, it, they can just be really strong drugs that can have a very strong effect on the body. I actually have a guest coming on the podcast, um, at the end of January, who will be talking to us more about birth control pills and some of the potential side effects. And I think the episode is going to just absolutely blow you away. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, because she is just a total expert in this area and has so much knowledge. I think you are going to learn so much about birth control pills. So just be cautious as always do your own research, make sure that you're looking into all of your options before you jump onto a drug in particular. Okay. Um, I want to mention eczema here and this is super interesting. So I have never, I, I had never experienced eczema for my entire life. And then just a few months ago, just as the season started to change, actually, that's not true. I'm sorry. Let me, let me back up. So last year around this same time, um, around like, like October, November, somewhere around there, just as the seasons were changing and it was getting cold. I had a tiny little patch on my inner wrist that broke out in eczema. And I was really thrown because I had never experienced eczema. Like I said, my entire life. And it, it's just odd for it to start kind of out of nowhere. Oftentimes a lot of people will experience uh, eczema as children or even babies. And it just sort of continues throughout their life. Um, it can certainly show up as an adult. It's just not quite as common. So I was a little bit thrown, but after a few months, it just sort of went away. I'm like, okay, no big deal. Well, this year, just a couple of months ago, again, out of absolutely nowhere, right around the same time, the seasons were changing. I had little dry patches of eczema popping up on my face. Guys, I was freaking out. <laughs> I was freaking out because I'd never had anything like that before. And I, I didn't really know what to do, but I actually appreciated it because it gave me a greater appreciation for people who are dealing with skin issues as well, whether it be, um, you know, like it, it's not cystic acne, obviously, but just any type of issue that that's on your face, especially it gave me a lot more empathy for anybody dealing with, with a, a more serious condition because it can be really stressful. It can actually end up causing more stress. And that's what we're trying to avoid is, is that chronic stress. So, um, this again can be a, there's a potential for food intolerances here and different allergens, particularly things like dairy. What you want to do, you want to keep the area super moisturized, but avoid things like, uh, petroleum based products. So try and use products that are as gentle as, as you can. And it's, it's tricky because you don't want to really start introducing new products necessarily when you have something like an eczema outbreak because the eczema could have already been caused by you changing products as well, or coming into contact with something that really irritated you. Um, like take a look at that. Have you, have you changed anything recently? Like products that you put on your skin or cleaning products, even materials on the skin that can be super irritating, like wool or something too. The other thing that you can do is to add Himalayan salt to room temperature water for a couple of days and sip on it throughout the day to help the body maintain the fluids that it needs. 
because when we start to to move from summer into fall and winter like into that that colder weather and and up here where I am the temperature dropped rapidly this year normally we have a, a fairly we've had a warm fall the past few years but this year it got cold extremely quickly and I think that my body just wasn't holding on to enough moisture and drinking water just wasn't doing enough to replenish it. So you want that little bit of salt. It, the water won't taste salty because you, you put in like a very small amount that you won't even really notice it much at all. Um, and just sipping it throughout the day because it helps your body to, to hold on to the, the water that it desperately needs. Things are getting dry, you know, we're turning on our furnace as well. All of these things can play a big role. Like our skin is, is often quite sensitive, so we need to be careful about that. Um, let's see here. Washing your face. So let's talk about this. This doesn't need to be fancy. Okay. This really doesn't need to be fancy. You don't need to, you know, drop like thousands of dollars on different face washes and use 15 different products every day. And it, we don't have to take it that far. There's a couple things that, that you can do even as a treat or something, just as like, uh, like little masks. Actually, this was something that I actually found really helped with the eczema on my face raw honey mask, nothing else, just raw honey and, and specifically raw honey. So look for unpasteurized. Uh, it should say raw right on it, but unpasteurized, which means it hasn't been heated past uh, a certain temperature. There's all kinds of amazing, um, enzymes and, and things like that, that are still contained within the honey when it's raw and it leaves your face super, super soft. It's extremely gentle. Um, it, I really, really liked that a lot. And I found that it helped so much keeping the little dry patches of eczema, super, super moisturized. So that was awesome. Raw honey is a, an amazing way to go, but there's all kinds of other just basic kitchen ingredients that you can do too. Like avocado, uh, raw cacao can actually be a really great one. Um, lemon juice leaves your face super soft as well, but it's uh, it's a little bit acidic. So it would almost be almost like a toner basically. So that wouldn't be a mask so much, but um, and if you're looking for like a really gentle exfoliant, something like oats can be a really great choice too. Not steel cut oats, like, like rolled oats would be really, really good. Um, the other thing is don't exfoliate more than once, maybe twice a week. Otherwise it gets too hard on the skin and we want to use super, super gentle ingredients or products. Um, you don't want anything that is going to be harsh. We, I felt like for a long time I was of the mind that a good exfoliation to me felt like I need to like scrub my skin off. That is not the case. Like you can remove just basic dead uh, skin cells with something extremely, extremely gentle. So if you have a tendency to go super hard on that, try and swing back the, to the other end of, of the spectrum and just go with something super gentle. And I think you'll notice really, really great results too. Um, there are, I mean, there's all different kinds of brands here. I didn't want to take up the entire podcast talking about different brands. Definitely check out Rachel's uh, products. She ships all over North America, which is awesome. So you can certainly uh, give that a try. Um, I have tried Beauty Counter. I am not an affiliate, by the way. I'm not associated with Beauty Counter, but I have been sent some samples of their products. And I did end up actually purchasing their overnight resurfacing peel after the eczema episode had calmed down. It only lasted for about a week, actually. So I was really lucky, but I was babying my face like, totally, totally babying it, but, um, it, it did go away, uh, fairly quickly. So I was really, really fortunate in that regard, but I started using their overnight resurfacing peel after that episode. And I really like it. I'd heard so many great things about it and I, I really enjoy it. This is the only product that I have of theirs 
that is, um, or did I buy something else? No, I think that was, I think that was it. Yeah. I think that's the only product that I have of theirs um, that I've actually purchased and oh I have their blush as well that's right I have their their blush and I really like both actually I've really been enjoying both they've both been awesome um, so I can definitely personally vouch for those two products at least for me this is such an individual thing right like everyone's skin is going to react to, to things differently everyone is going to have different preferences and especially when it comes to things like issues that have a their roots in hormonal difficulties or uh, gut issues like these are going to be such individual solutions like no there is no one size fits all when it comes to skin because we're all different like our all our genetic makeup is all different our chemistry is all different so take that into consideration that you may have to experiment with a few things and again do your own research to really get clear on what is going to work for you and what might not as well um, something else I want to touch on here before we wrap up is sunscreen. So I wear sunscreen on my face every single day of the year, every single day of the year, even in the dead of winter, I still wear sunscreen on my face. I have for years and I think it's really, really important. Um, there are a lot of different options here, but I also want to reference episode 48, uh, the last episode actually with Ilana Jadala. She talks a lot about the importance of wearing reef safe sunscreen. And even if you aren't jumping in the ocean, this is really important because with a lot of sunscreens out there that are killing reefs, what do you think they're doing to you? So remember what I said at the beginning of the episode that anything we put on our skin is just being absorbed right into our bloodstream. Our, our blood what do you want in there, right? We have, to, we have to be careful about this, especially with something like sunscreen where if you're putting it on every single day, like I am, we need to make sure that we're putting on something that we can trust. And in my personal experience, sprays, by the way, are not the best, even if they're made with better ingredients, just take it from a fair skinned, pale freckled girl. <laughs> um, sprays, I have always found no matter how thoroughly you think you spray them on and rub them in and whatever, they just don't seem to have nearly as much coverage, especially if you're using them in um in the hot sun uh something like that where you're in full exposure something uh, something along those lines i have just found spray to not be terribly effective totally personal preference but just if you are going to use spray make sure that you're rubbing it in extremely thoroughly otherwise you can end up with a really bad burn and i don't want to see you with with a burn either basically again i'm going to keep repeating this we have to educate ourselves on this so you need to read ingredient lists. You need to use, um, you can use things like the environmental working group as a potential resource. I love checking out products on them. I will sometimes stand in the aisle of, <laughs> of the, the beauty section if I'm looking for a new sunscreen or something like that. And I'm, I'm scrolling through and, and checking products against the environmental working group as I'm trying to decide what to purchase to make sure that it has a good rating because it is an incredible resource to really help you figure out what you want to be using, what some of the potential risks are. Uh, it, it's awesome for that. It's really, really good. You want to look for ones that have a, that actually use a physical sunblock. Something like titanium or zinc oxide are really good options. This probably, if you're not used to these, they might throw you at first because they can go on seeming pretty thick and sometimes uh, a little bit white. Like, like that it stays white for a few minutes. Don't freak out. Like, first of all, rub it in really thoroughly 
and that will take a lot of that away. Like as it's absorbed, then you won't even notice it anymore. And even just giving it a few minutes is really important. Alana made a really good point on her uh, episode as well, that if you are about to jump in an ocean, make sure that whether you're wearing reef safe sunscreen or not, uh, which you should be, but if it, wait, even if it isn't, make sure to wait at least 10 to 15 minutes after you put the sunscreen on to let it fully absorb before jumping into the ocean. So our oceans just like, we need sunscreen, but our oceans don't, right? Like even if it is reef safe, the ocean doesn't need sunscreen. <laughs> and not only then are you putting yourself at greater risk for likely getting burned too, because if it's not fully absorbed, then you aren't, um, then you just aren't protected as well. But we just don't need to be dumping that stuff into the ocean. But sunscreen on your face uh, every day is really important because you're going to end up seeing the payoffs of that long term. Like every time we go out into the sun, we are getting sun damage over time. It's, it's inevitable. Yes, we definitely do need to get a little bit of non-sunscreen uh, sun every day. Harder in the winter, obviously, so that's a separate issue, especially depending on your climate. But if you are, uh, if you're able to go into the sun without sunscreen for even just like 10, 15 minutes to help your body get the vitamin D that it needs. That's really, really important. Um, a vitamin D supplement is likely to be beneficial to most people, especially depending on your climate in the winter, like check with your doctor, obviously, but there's all different types. So you can go with a liquid version. Um, you can go with gels. They both seem to be absorbed better in my personal opinion. And they, you want to take them with food that has a little bit of fat because it's a fat soluble vitamin it actually requires it to be absorbed optimally, basically. So make sure to do that. And some different types of sunscreen that I've personally been using, I've been uh, using the last couple of years, Goddess Garden and Raw Elements. So both of them are reef safe. Um, and, and I do, I like them. Again, they are a little bit thicker, but I think that you'll find that over time you do get used to it. And I would rather go that route than be worried about not only what we're doing to the environment, but what I'm putting on my own skin. If it's like a gross sunscreen that is not made with, with good ingredients. So I've linked some additional resources for this, inc including an actually incredibly thorough post that my guest Alana uh, did on her own uh, website about how to select a really, a really great sunscreen. So make sure to go check that out too. Basically, you can also just get creative, right? Like shade over sun, you know, it, that tan might not be so cute in 20 years. <laughs> and just make sure that you are taking care to not, you know, be out in full sun in the middle of the day because sunburns are really damaging to the skin. We want to avoid burns at all costs. So whatever you can do to avoid that is gonna be really, really helpful. And don't forget about your neck too. I was totally guilty of this until I started paying more attention to it in the past couple of years. And the skin of my neck is now so much softer than it was before. So whatever product you're putting on your face, keep going a little bit, like to put it onto, onto your neck as well. Like whether you are using uh, an oil or just whatever face wash you're using, whatever it is, make sure that you are, are using your neck as well. Overall, just keep it simple. Like I just want to stress this, this episode might seem overwhelming. I hope that isn't the case, but in, in my opinion, you just, you don't need 5,000 products for your face, like choose one or two with care. Remember that most of these products should also probably last you for quite a while too. Like you shouldn't need a ton on your face every day. And sometimes I'm a little bit more likely to spend a little more on face products because they generally last me so long that because you only need a tiny little bit, right? So if you find something that's really, really good and it's outside of your usual budget, 
do some research to figure out how long it might last you. Like I have products that have lasted for a full year. If they've lasted for a full year, then I don't mind spending a little bit more on them because I'm not going to need to purchase it again for quite a while. So that's something important to remember too. Overall, I just want to, to keep this as simple as possible. This is definitely very much an overview episode. Um, I, I wanted to cover a few different areas. So I know that I haven't done like a huge deep dive into things like, like the hormones that can uh, play a big role here. But if you do want more information, definitely reach out to me. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you on this. And make sure to share the episode as well. I would love to see that you're listening. It always makes my day. You have no idea. And next week, I have a very special episode next week. Uh, so stay tuned for episode 50. 50, guys, 50. I cannot believe there have already been 50 episodes. Um, but I am doing a super special Q&A episode. I am so pumped about this. It's going to be so much fun. I've gotten some incredible questions that I'm going to be going over. And I think you are going to get an absolute ton out of this. It was, it, it has just been a blast going through all these questions. So make sure to go and check that out and we will be back on Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening to the room to grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at room to grow And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.